Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and we are here on day number 78. On March 19th, we're looking at Matthew 19. That's pretty cool. So we are back into Matthew, and then tomorrow we start the book of Exodus in our Old Testament journey. So if you know of someone you might want to invite to start listening to or watching these daily devotionals, tomorrow might be a good day for them to start because they'd be starting fresh on a new book, the book of Exodus. It wouldn't feel like they're, you know, jumping in the middle of a story or missing the context of, of the daily chapter. So uh, might be a good opportunity for you to send the invite to somebody else to join us tomorrow as we begin Exodus. But today we're in Matthew chapter 19. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for loving us with a love that is strong and unfailing. You are faithful in all of your ways. You are holy, 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 and you are patient, and you love us, and you show us grace and mercy. Speak to us today through your word. Write it on our hearts by your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, Matthew chapter 19. Now, when Jesus had finished these sayings, he went away from Galilee and entered the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. And Pharisees came up to him and tested him by asking, Is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? He answered, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. They said to him, Why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send her away? He said to them, Because of your hardness of heart. Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, Whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. The disciples said to him, If such is the case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, Not everyone can receive this saying, but only those to whom it is given. For there are eunuchs who have been so from birth, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have been made th who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let the one who is able to receive this receive it. Then children were brought to him, that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, 
and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have kept, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Then Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and follow you. followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, In the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold, and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. That's Matthew 19 in the English Standard Version, the ESV, and we're using, again, esv.org for our on-screen text. So Jesus has been teaching, and the, the Gospel of Matthew presents to us sections of Jesus's miracles and then sections of Jesus's teachings. And we've been uh, in this section today now where he's teaching. And this teaching comes in response to a series of questions, really. There's a large crowd following him. He's doing healings. Uh, you know, the miracles kind of draw the crowd and they authenticate his uh, position as son of God, son of man, Messiah, and one to be listened to. And then sometimes Jesus teaches extended sections like he does in the Sermon on the Mount. And sometimes there are questions that come to him. And Jesus answers a lot of questions in the Gospel of Matthew. So the Pharisees are testing him. Many of these questions come from Pharisees, Sadducees, Herodians, and groups that are trying to test Jesus, trying to get him to trip up, slip up so they can nail him. So they ask him, is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? Jesus lived in an easy divorce culture. Really, a husband could find any cause for displeasure with his wife and dismiss her away from him. And Jesus reminds them that that's not the way God set things up. But he says that at the beginning, God made them male and female. And therefore, a man shall leave his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. We get a lot from this teaching from Jesus. We're seeing that Jesus is affirming God's creational norms, what he did at the beginning. Jesus is affirming Genesis chapter 1 as being historical and accurate. Jesus is affirming male and female as the two genders that God created. 
Jesus is affirming marriage as between one man and one woman for life because the two become one flesh. And Jesus is standing up in his day against the largest threat to this, which was an easy divorce culture. They don't like this. They say, why did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and send her away? And Jesus said, it's because of your hardness of heart. But the truth is that whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, unless she was, unless she was sexually unfaithful, either before or during the marriage, there's some ambiguity here of exactly what this means, but it's, it comes down to if she's unfaithful, then that's grounds for divorce. Otherwise, you're setting up adultery. The disciples don't like this any more than the Pharisees. And I found it fascinating that the disciples are the ones who say, if such is the case of a man with his wife, it's better not to marry. They are showing their hardness of heart. You mean I got to stick with the woman for my whole life? Even if I think she's irritating, even if she's nagging me, even if she's not a good cook, even if, you know, I don't think she's as attractive as she used to be. Like all the sinful, selfish, hard-hearted things are running through the disciples' minds and they say, might as well not get married at all. That shows the hardness of heart. And so really to have marriage be successful, we need a restoration. We need our hearts softened. We need the heart of stone taken out and a heart of flesh given. We need regeneration. We need the Holy Spirit. Now this leads to another interaction that has to do with those who are single for the sake of the kingdom. Jesus says, not everyone can receive this saying, but only those to whom it is given. There are some people who are called to singleness for the sake of the kingdom. They, they, they don't marry because they're focusing their energies fully on God's kingdom. But that's not for everyone. You know, we should not make that a condition like the Roman Catholic Church erroneously does. That if you can't serve in full-time ministry unless you're, you're single. That is not what Jesus is saying here at all. Uh, Peter had a wife. Most of the apostles had wives. Uh, and so it's just a rare few who are called to that kind of life. Well, another distorted view in Jesus' cultural context that he confronted is a view of children. Children were largely seen as a nuisance. This is not the first time in Matthew's gospel that Jesus has corrected this view of children that somehow they don't belong, somehow they're not important enough, somehow Jesus can't be bothered with them. But Jesus takes the opposite approach. He says, bring them to me, don't hinder them, for to such belong the kingdom of heaven. The church is the manifestation of the kingdom of heaven on earth today. And what Jesus is saying is little children belong in the church and the church belongs to them. It, it is theirs because they are covenant children, they are loved by God, they belong in church. They belong as part of the church. They shouldn't be sort of sidelined as second-class citizens. Um, this is part of the Presbyterian uh, biblical case for covenant child baptism, why we baptize children as infants, because Jesus says, let them come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. This is just one part of that biblical case. Uh, and it's, it's the view that says we welcome children into the church, and the way you do that is by baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that they're saved, but it does mean that they belong in the kingdom of heaven on earth, which is the church. Well, then you have a young man who comes up to Jesus 
and he wants to inherit eternal life and he wants to be able to earn it. He wants to do some good deed to have eternal life. It's very important always to pay attention to what the question is that Jesus is being asked before you jump to the answer. For example, in this answer, a lot of people jump to sell all you possess, give your pos- everything to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Come follow me to the very end of what Jesus says. But there's a whole setup. There's a whole context. This young man thinks that he's righteous. He thinks that he's kept the commandments. So Jesus says, keep the commandments. And he thinks he has. And so Jesus tests him. But notice all of the commandments that Jesus gives him are what we refer to as the second table of the law or those commandments that spell out what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. The horizontal level commandments, how you treat other people. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. It's the whole of the second table of the second great commandment. And he says, I've done all these things. And then Jesus challenges him really on the first table, on loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, because Jesus knows that his heart doesn't belong to God. His heart belongs to his treasure. That's why he tells him, if you want to be keeping the commands, the biggest obstacle in your way is your wealth. So sell it all, give everything to the poor, and then come follow me. And he can't do it. And so the real issue here is that he doesn't love God with all of his heart, mind, soul, and strength. He's just trying to earn eternal life from God, trying to earn something from God is not the same thing as loving God. And it's not a, it's a very, very poor substitute for loving God. And Jesus says it's hard for rich people to get into the kingdom of heaven because they tend to love their treasures more than the one who has actually given them their treasures. Easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Now again, Jesus is confronting another cultural norm of his day, and that is that rich people are more blessed by God and are thus closer to God. Jesus is confronting that. So first he confronts their view of marriage and cheap and easy divorce. And then he confronts their view of children. And now he's confronting their view of wealth and that that somehow is an indication of God's special favor on your life. Jesus says, no, it's hard. His disciples say, well, then who can be saved? If even the rich people are far from God, who can be saved? And Jesus, the answer he gives in verse 25, so important, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. With man, on his own, by his own effort, it is impossible for him to enter into the kingdom of God. This rich young ruler, he had a problem of riches. We all have something. We all have hard hearts. Remember going back earlier, the hard hearts is the problem. We don't love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We don't love our neighbors, ourselves. Our hearts are hard. We're sinful. We cannot be saved on our own. It's impossible, but with God. Three glorious words, but with God, all things are possible. And then Peter is saying, look, we've we've left everything. We followed you. We did what you told this rich young man to do. We've left it all. We followed you. And Jesus says, I see that. I know that. And I will take care of you. Even in this life, right, you get uh, father, mother, children, Uh, and you get eternal life. So what he's telling these disciples is it's never a bad decision to turn your back on the world and follow Jesus because Jesus knows what you need 
and he will give you what you need for life and for eternity. So Jesus was not afraid to confront his culture on their cultural norms, but he didn't do so by being angry, rude, disrespectful, argumentative. He did so by speaking the truth in love with wisdom and insightfulness, targeting the hearts of his hearers. We need him to speak to our hearts because our hearts are captured by our cultural norms and there are things where we need to be confronted. Do we love God? Do we value the kingdom? Do we see marriage and children and wealth the way that God wants us to see them? Are we looking at life from God's perspective or are we believing what the world is telling us? Jesus wants to set us free from the lies of this world and bring us into the freedom and truth of his glorious kingdom. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for sending your son to be the truth incarnate and to teach us the truth that we might know you and walk with you. Help us to walk with you in faith today and always. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Exodus 1 tomorrow. I hope you can join us for that. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.